0: Welcome to season three of the podcast of The Urban Mystic. In season two, we nuanced deconstruction, we nuanced the wide range of deconstruction, not only in conversations between Steve and myself, but in conversations with a number of absolutely fantastic guests that we thoroughly enjoyed having. For many, deconstruction ends up being the subtraction of faith. It's not only the loss of your your church and your religion and your community. It's a question of what do you replace it with. For others it ends up being the quest to find a more authentic way to do this thing called doing church. A better way to gather, a better way to relate to each other and a better way to explore God together. I believe we've got to be even more brutal in our deconstruction and take a step back and focus on the dynamic engagement between human beings and God to focus on the tension between faith and experience and to really nuance this thing called the practice of the presence of God. This is going to be part of the launch of of season three for us and we're going to have a couple of conversations, perhaps even just an episode or two getting into the season before getting on to some of the conversations that we're going to have. But I think it's probably a good time to start off with a conversation just about division, because the podcast is really just the tip of the iceberg. Deconstruction is, is a valuable process, but you and I are dipping between the deconstruction, our value for intimacy with God, and the quest to say, well, is there an alternative to the institutional paradigm? So if we are critiquing and deconstructing the institutional paradigm like we have been, The goal has always been to go, let's let's develop a relational paradigm, and that's what we want to practice, which then dips into the whole thing of going, how do I practice this as an individual? And then when we come together in community, how do we practice this together? So that's something that you and I have spoken about and with each other and something that we've spoken about with others as well. The goal is really at some point to pick up, there is an intentional component for us to, to share in community, an intentional community, but to try and avoid some of what we see the mistakes are when you start with doing church and then your end goal is doing church. So if we don't start with doing church and our end goal is not doing church, is it meaningful, possible, practical to start naively with the sense of going value for intimacy with God? What priorities and practices arise from that? And as we cultivate that as individuals and as we look to support that together, Is there the potential to end up with a supportive, nurturing network of individuals and communities?
1: I'm really keen to dig into this idea of what is it to prioritize the presence of God, the practice of the presence of God in community. Because, look, let me put it this way I I want to get into both of those. And I'm excited to talk about what does it mean to nurture this practice of the presence of God in the individual. And I've got You know, some of my own practices and some questions around that. And I want to dig into some of yours. And and I'd love to look quite widely as well, both for for my sake, really selfishly, but also just for the listener in terms of how does one do that on, on one's own. So that's fascinating to me. But but the big jump for me is how do you then do that in community? And I've realized, I was saying to you just now that as I look back over season one and two and our conversations to start with and then a lot of our guests, I'm aware of just how hard it is to shed this, this kind of outer layer of this doing church paradigm. It's far easier for me to just move into the isolation space and go, that's fine. So screw the church. That's a bad idea. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And Forgive me. I don't mean it as harshly as that, but... just stating it simply i'm just aware that it's not completely fair to some people i know within the church and it's it's varied and blah 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 but for now screw the church so we'll start there forgive me and so it's easy to just go i'll just do it alone i'll do it at home you know it's hard enough even when i start to talk about like how do i do this just with my wife and we know each other quite well (laughs) um how would i do this with other people tim how and you how would you and i do this how would we do this with five people ten people fifteen people And so I realized that at an abstract level, it's so easy to go, woohoo, like throw off our shackles and we'll be free. But the practical reality of that is still quite a mystery for me, and I'm looking forward to exploring that. It reminds me of something else that I've often wanted to say, is just that that the journey of this podcast has been less a case of, of putting forward just some beautifully worked out truths and more this constant exploration. You know, it's a its a seed breaking out and pushing up through the soil and finally coming out into the sunlight, and eventually it starts to bud and then bloom. And and I sometimes feel as though I'm still just cracking the kind of the husk of the seed underground. And so I would never want to be misunderstood as having all the wonderful answers. And, and I think that's what really excites me about this current season is what on earth could this look like if we were able to lose some of the trappings of just this doing church paradigm? I'm not against ritual. I'm not against singing. I'm not against gathering. I'm not against reading or speaking or sharing or praying or any of those sorts of things. But I am quite against it when it's just bound up in this institutional practice of or we just do it because kind of the institution has this life of its own at the moment. And that really excites me about this coming season. One of
0: the kickbacks I often get from people is that when I use the language of of deconstructing church, the reflex seems to be that somehow I'm I'm anti-church, I'm anti-gathering, I'm anti-teaching, I'm anti-the Bible, I'm (laughs) anti-Jesus. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes together with that. And I find it hard to communicate with people that it's it's actually because I've met Jesus, it's because I read the Bible, it's because I have these deep, Values that that I'm actually arriving at this thing of deconstruction. That deconstruction for me isn't the subtraction; it's it's the recovery of what's authentically there. So so when I think about things like some of my critique of the institutional paradigm of starting with doing church and ending with doing church is you don't I I see a big difference between commercial Christianity today and classic community-centered Christianity. And so people largely end up being spectators, but I do think community and and relationship is important. I see a lot of people going in and out of uh, home groups and have seen that over the years. Some have been deeper than others. Some, some, Some people have formed good relational connections, but for the large part, people haven't. And, and for the most part, in churches, home group attendance is low anyway. So as I dig through those things, and as I dig through things like, like even the teaching component, you know, again, there I wrestle with things of going, well, what are people really learning? Because that's the goal of teaching is for people to learn. So what are people coming away with, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so all my deconstructions is, a, I, I feel, is a, is a is, is with the intention and the goal of actually capturing something vital that I think is missing with what we're doing. So in many ways, it's 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 a deconstruction that for me unveils the absence of what we say is there. You know, I feel like we're not being honest with the fact that when we use the words community for a lot of churches, they're not communities. When we use the word teaching, learning isn't taking place. When we use the words accountability, it's it's one directional. It's everyone's the leaders, not the leaders the other way around, right? So 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 there's so much of this that is just you know we 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 we're digging at something, we're scratching at something, but the question is is like what are we scratching for? And I feel like in many ways, what I'm scratching for is to arrive at what I think is is most vital, and that's the the value or the lack thereof for intimacy with God and how, how we could have used that as a springboard to a conversation, uh, um, which we're going to in this season, uh, around faith versus experience or faith versus relationship, and use that almost as a springboard to not actually actively reconstruct something per se, but to actively dig down to go, what is our value for this? And what do we think we can look like? And for you and I to have that as a, almost like a starting conversation with each other, and then for that to spill over into conversation with some other people who've journeyed a lot longer in ministry and have really you know, played with the tension between faith and experience of faith and relationship. So so that's part of it. But I think the other thing in my mind is, is, um, is, is I don't think there's an absence here in the sense of going, I, I think that there is an alternative, an alternative almost like a reboot that we can get into where we can transition from a a didactic or a teaching paradigm where one person delivers information or encouragement or teaching or whatever to a large body of people, but where we can actually transition to facilitate a facilitated shared process where we build genuine relationships, we we learn to share our lives, we learn to listen deeply, and where we we start this journey on our own, practicing the presence of God together and almost like picking up picking up the, on, on the sense of these peak experiences and the reality of God, and then going, but what is this journey towards relational intimacy? What What is the practice of the presence of God? What is the practice of waiting on God? You know, what am I looking for? What am I expecting? For me, it, it, it's not it's not deconstruction as a subtraction and then we're left without nothing. It's a deconstruction that arrives at the recovery of this and almost goes, the, the cornerstone is the meeting with God, so let's recover that. We don't recover that in the abstract. We recover that by journeying together and trying to practice that together. And our conversations help us uncover our value for this and help us gain an understanding of our expectations around this and helps us support each other in the process.
1: I think in pictures so often that, uh, I mean, I've got all these pictures flooding through my head as I listen to you. The one is this, this idea of the story attributed to Michelangelo, I think, who talks about just releasing the statue from the marble. And the idea that there's some chipping away and there's, there's intentional work to be done. But at the same time, it's kind of exploratory work, right? So you, you sort of straddle two camps between I'm going to be intentional about creating something. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I am exerting efforts, there's energy towards this. But at the same time, I'm actually exploring as I go into the marble. And so I've got a sense of making a statue, but the statue is also emerging. And so even that within the process is kind of relational. And then it reminded me of a, I listened to uh, Peter Rollins talk at some point. Uh, He's somebody we should uh, see if we can twist his arm into coming to join us in conversation. And he talks about the temple curtain being torn, you know, in the gospel account. And the idea that when the temple curtain was torn, God didn't come spilling out from behind the curtain. God wasn't there. And that that is a necessary revelation. And what I mean by really, like revelation, oh, look, there's nothing here. So, well, if God isn't here, and, and I know this is it's, it's kind of stretching metaphysics a little bit in terms of this, but the, the, the point, I think, is the metaphor behind it. If God is not behind this curtain, perhaps it would, help if we went to go and see where God actually was perhaps we should actually go looking for God where God is as opposed to you know kind of almost kind of wizard of Oz, just keep the little curtain there and we're not actually sure what's behind there is it a big monster or is it a little man pulling all the levers or perhaps there's nothing and then perhaps we are wasting our time and then our time would be better spent looking elsewhere and so that that's yeah, I just want to echo that I, I think it's it's creative, and it's and it's building and it's, I think it's very positive. And I guess in some ways, I'm trying to speak, forgive me here, I'm now speaking on behalf of deconstructionists in saying this, this is not some vain attempt to just burn everything to the ground. This is actually a creative and positive process. And there are probably many things going wrong, I would probably say as well. And I'm certain you and I will come across those areas as well as we discover oh, it should have gone right instead of left. You know, and I'm not trying to, uh, trying to oversimplify it, but perhaps we knock a little bit too much off the marble block and the statue's missing an arm <laughs> or something. And so it, that's part of what it means to kind of go off map a little or to try and retrace your steps through a very strangled uh, and convoluted path to try and find... This, this original space. But it's not an attempt, as you say, to just subtract and just destroy. Because that's, that's the picture that it evokes for me. It's just, uh, well, let's just take a, take a match to the church and burn it down and then we'll be done. Not even close. Not even close. Actually, I'm, I'm starting in myself to move closer to the position of going, actually, I think I want to be able to move away from the church less cynically than I have been. Uh, less angry than I have been, and actually just strike out a little bit more as opposed to strike back as much as I have in the past. There have been definitely times of just trying to strike back and just go, okay, let's be more creative and let's me be you know, a bit more positive energy and a bit more seeking around Well, what, what is this thing and what is it going to emerge to be? And I guess that comes back for me to that idea of just straddling those two sides and going... We can't force it and we can't too quickly run back into what we know and just reproduce that. That's not a good idea. But likewise, we, we, we can't sit in the desert forever. So there must be some intention and there must be some discovery. And that, I guess, requires wisdom as you go to, to figure out what is emerging.
0: If we, if we, take, uh, uh, if we use the biblical patterning, perhaps, perhaps we should just be comfortable with about 40 years in the desert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, goody. Let's know. are you ready? That's about, I don't know, 80 more series before we're going to get anywhere.
0: <laughs> I had one of my critics the other day basically going, so what's the answer, Tim? Like, what's the answer? If this is the critique. Come give me the answer now. And I said, like, hold on. Like, like I'm busy with season three and four, where, which we, we're producing at the same time, but we're trying to have these intentional conversations with with people. So that we can we can have a broader sense, rather than just the you and me in conversation, but us as the broader community th- that's sharing the same concern. Let's have that conversation together and whittle away at it so that we see what we don't see. And then in conversation with someone else, they can help us see what we don't see. You know, And then we can go to someone else and you can build this clearer picture and uh, and their response was basically "So so are telling me I have to wait till the end of season three before you can give me an answer? And I facetiously said, no, I'm saying you've got to wait till the end of season three and four. <laughs> and that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't very helpful in the context of the conversation, I, I realized. But on the other hand, I also realized that I don't think there's anything that I could say that would satisfy that demand for an immediate answer because I don't think that that's what we've got to arrive at. I think the paradigm of doing church is so strong that to too quickly try to do church in a new way is to start from doing church and to end up doing church again. You actually end up in the right right back where you started with. And so in some ways, like, I feel like I've held this notion of going, there are some people that are really doing church very well. There's other people that are doing it very poorly. <laughs> but in both cases, you're dealing with people who want to do church in that way. Great. Team A, Team B. You know, one team's first choice team, the other team's, not necessarily the first choice, but but that's the game that's being played there. There are a lot of people that are actually just going, we're done with church. We don't want to do this thing that's there. And I feel like the problem also with starting with doing church too quickly and starting to try to do church too quickly is that, is that what we end up doing is trying to take these people who have left the church for very good reasons, largely, as I said, because God has let them out in the desert. But too quickly, we try to go let's get you back into church because this is our place of safety as opposed to going, no, if God has you wandering in the desert, follow. The place of safety is in the presence of God and the leading through whichever situation you're in. The place of safety isn't back in Egypt. Yeah, I realize I've just called the church Egypt in a bad biblical sense. So so please <laughs> like, work with me for that. But basically, as I'm seeing it, I'm going, there are these teams of people a number of whom have got genuine callings, whose intention is really good, that are really trying to make a difference. And they stand out as exceptions amongst a number of churches. They're serving a group of people in a very vital way, but there's this massive group of deconstructors. There's this massive exodus. And it seems to me that people that are very much into doing church are saying, are wanting to quickly say to people, well, if we just put a church on the other side, they'll have left the church, and before they know it, they've walked into another one. Yay, we win. We're doing what we're supposed to. And I feel like that's that's not actually what I want to do. I'd, I'd much rather just take the journey myself and and be in the desert with people, going what, how are we learning to recognize the relational presence of God, drawing near, withdrawing. How are we able, are we able to recognize the, the, the God as God moves, and can we move with God? And, and what is what is our heartfelt response in terms of the acceptance and rejection, the turning to the turning away, the recognition of mistrust and the need to build trust, the you know the recognition of the of, of the need and the want just for the stability, perhaps even of doing church, you know. Let's let's deal with that, but let's deal with that in the desert, in the presence of God, and, and I feel like. Uh, at this point, I'm probably going to be stretching the analogy too far, <laughs> but that's literally where I feel like, like like I've landed because I don't, I don't have the sense of God going, just do the church thing. I've got the sense of God going, all these people in the desert, I'm I'm doing something with them, and and get on board and and be a part of it, and that's really what I want to do. You know, in some ways, I'm reminded of of Paul, who said that his his ambition was to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. And I feel like for me, that's been a long resonance with me. I'm just going, there are these people that are in church and then these these people that just don't want to do church and I don't want to do church. So I don't want to do what I don't want to do and that is do a church and make them be a part of it. That's just that's just daft and dysfunctional. But the question is then then what do we do? And I think I think our work needs to be this work of 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 coming to a deep understanding of intimacy with God, the value for intimacy with God and the practice of the presence of God and for it not to be what it has been shoehorned within the the broader framework of doing church where doing church comes first and your experience of God, your intimacy with God or anything like that, well, that's, that's separate on your own time. But the big spend of your time and money is on doing church. I'd rather say, let's do something different. Let's rather... Do this deconstruction thing, not as a breaking down of the church, but as a recovery of our desire for God and the recovery of the practice of the presence of God. And let's do that going forward.
1: So in many ways, what I hear you saying, I mean, is that uh, that facetious answer is actually true, minus the facetious nature. (laughs) Yes. I mean, in in a way, kind of the desert, I think of the Badlands, (laughs) for is it Mad Max? It is by its very nature somewhat undiscovered and it is wild, and it is uncharted somewhat, and so I I feel in some ways we've got some sort of competing analogies going on here that I just want to tease out and set straight. On the one hand, we're talking about a return to something, which almost feels as though, well, just follow the breadcrumbs, guys, that's not that hard, but I think that you know, I've just often listened to churches specifically, just so much in the Christian context. They talk about if we could just get back to the Acts 2 church, and you and I have covered this before in season one. But that's why I, I'm, I'm nervous of that. It's not as simple as just follow the bread comes back, because as we've said previously, and you know, if you want to know some more about this, go and have a listen to those episodes in season one. Essentially, we're not following some breadcrumbs back to some idyllic early church situation. We're just taking what we know and going, oh, it was just, you know, just without the smoke machine and the guitars, but pretty much exactly what we're doing now. So that's, that's a bad summation of that. But there is an idea of returning to the heart. And, and you know, you were saying before we started recording around this idea of Jesus' call to return to the heart, to find the center of things, to love God's self and others. And so there's that thing which which is important but is not the idea of let's just go back to doing church the right way. It is a a letting go of the system thing of church. And at the same time, the other picture that I think we're talking through is this getting out into the unknown, into the desert. And so there's a sense of returning to something that it's at the heart and in some ways maybe familiar although in other ways maybe completely unfamiliar. And I think that's what I'm sensing on the other side is this idea of desert space, being called out of the church, out of Egypt, into the space, into the unknown, um, into well, where the hell are we going to go? We're just going to go to the land of milk and honey. Fantastic. Anyone know what that looks like? Like, well, you know, when we've crossed the border, like, yeah, anyone got any direction here? Um, help us out here. and. And I think on the surface, what I'm trying to say is there might be a sense of these two things competing, but I don't think, I think they support each other because they offer different facets to our conversation here. There is a return, there is a going back, but it's not going back into Egypt. Mm-hmm going forward into the unknown which will be in some ways familiar and perhaps it's the presence of God that's familiar perhaps that's what it is it's returned to and maybe that's even why as I think about it now that's what has been so important about that first question we've asked guests previously what is your first experience of God that is a return for me that's that's kind of a it's 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 kind of a a womb response again. <laughs> like when when was this first happening that that was that was so life-giving that it sprung you into a new way of being or it, it changed you or you, you you saw something or heard something you couldn't unsee or and hear? Perhaps that's it. And at the same time, God is somewhat unknowable and so is in the desert and is unreachable and ungraspable, but is knowable. Um and so Maybe that's what I'm thinking through. I'm stumbling a little bit here, which is, you know, you can see now, listen, I was serious about not having the answers. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this idea of perhaps that's why the church lands in this space of certainty of just going, well, all of that is just flipping hard work. <laughs> I'm just, I can't be bothered with doing that. That's crazy. Can, can we just, we've, we've just, you know, I, I want to read something. I, I was, uh, I came across a, a little excerpt from a, a Dostoevsky novel today and it really reached me. Um, And it's Christ Returns during the the Spanish Inquisition, which if you're not familiar with just this horrendous persecution of of Christians essentially by the church itself. It's one really wonderful, I think 1600s or so. And these two characters are having this conversation in the book and it's about Christ returns in this time and he's doing all this stuff. Uh, the, The returning Savior makes quite a ruckus as would be expected. He heals the sick he raises the dead. His antics soon attract attention from the grand inquisitor himself, who promptly has Christ arrested and thrown into a prison cell. Later this Inquisitor pays him a visit. He informs Christ that he's no longer needed. Here we go. I think this might be in, this very well sums up some sort of the problem with the church. His return is simply too great a threat to the church. The Inquisitor tells Christ that the burden he laid on mankind, the burden of existence and faith and truth, was simply too great for mere mortals to bear. So the Inquisitor claims that the Church, in its mercy, diluted that message, lifting the demand for perfect being, capital B, from the shoulders of its followers, providing them instead with the simple and merciful escapes of faith and the afterlife. That work took centuries, says the Inquisitor. And the last thing the church needs after all that effort is the return of the man, capital M, who insisted that people bear all the weight in the first place. (laughs) And I just think somewhere I'm aiming on both sides and going, this is going to be hardcore and it's going to be flippin' difficult. But I don't want to just settle for that diluted middle path, which is just easy and certain, and oh well. Don't worry about God, that's a bit too hard. Just come week in and week out and do studio community or some bits of real community and sing some songs and listen to someone speak, and then there you go. You're done.
0: Part of what I'm wrestling through is that, like, I'm I'm, I'm really trying to approach all of this very patiently rather than just rush into into something. Because, because I think there's something to letting the questions sit with you, to let the, the quest for God sit with you. We, we're not, we we're not in a patient society. You know, we, we're used to getting things on demand. Uh, one of the things that I, like I was saying to someone the other day when they were asking me about, so how do they do this? I said, the beginning point is to practice the invitation and the waiting. Because learning to recognize the absence of God enables you to recognize the presence of God. Learning to recognize that God hasn't spoken to you or isn't speaking enables you to recognise when God does speak. And and so you get this creation almost of of then a, a peak experience or a benchmark of what you can look to. But then we fall back into the certainties of faith. And I I'm 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 keenly aware of my critique that that Christians and many people that don't consider themselves Christians almost have a, an equal early experience and peak experiences of God but we add faith to the mix, we don't build on that relationship with God. So we're adding these certainties of faith to the mix. And I feel like that's, that's something that we can very quickly get into when you start with and you end with doing church, because you only need enough confirming experience for people to get them into church. They don't have to build anything further from there, because their experience of God and their relationship with God has collapsed into doing church. And I feel like one of the deliberate practices of almost going, let's not, let's not do this thing called church, is to actually allow the opportunity for the this clarity around the presence and absence of God to emerge, and for that to sink in to such a degree that it's not just an experience that gets us to church and then cool, we'll take it from here. You know, Steve, are you preaching this Sunday? Tim, are you preaching this Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Cool. You know, who do we like? Well, you know, we don't like this guy called Tim, so I'm there when Steve's preaching. <laughs> or, you know, or heaven's of it, we don't like this guy called, called Steve, so we're there when Tim's preaching. <laughs> you know, those, those kind of games that you often find played in, in communities and that. I feel like that, for me, becomes a distraction. Mm-hmm. One of the key things that I genuinely want to see shift is the the focus from the stage to the focus being the individual, the process, the quality of their relational experience with God and that journey. And for the work of those of us that are doing this work, the work of the urban mystic is to enable people to be urban mystics. So in this sense, I feel like I'm really drawing inspiration from The Walking Dead. There's this great villain, Played by what's his name is it?
1: Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah,
0: called called Negan, and 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 for those of you that aren't familiar with it, this this gang basically takes over, and they consider themselves the saviors. And what they're doing is they're basically killing everyone who stands against them, and then bringing everyone on board that does, and then they're working together very intentionally to survive the zombie apocalypse. And one of the classic things that comes out when people go, well, who's your who? Who actually rules the roost who's in charge it's this guy called Negan and what Negan does is he erodes everyone's identity in a sense he breaks them so that the response then becomes from everyone I'm Negan because everyone takes on the character the attitude the behavior the vision of Negan in that sense so I feel like in that sense to, to carry that analogy through not that I'm, I'm looking to displace Christ or the presence of God here at all. But to carry it through to going, well, who's urban mystic? I feel like for me it's a it's a label that I took on and coined. So I feel like in some senses I'm 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 an urban mystic. So I don't think of the urban mystic, I think an urban mystic. And I feel like it's it's the kind of thing that I I want to see people carry through almost in the sense of of the way at the early foundations of Christianity, we had multiple names for what we were doing. We followers of the way, it's the life you know, et cetera, et cetera, rather than this distinct thing that is tied to doing church. So it's it's a practice. What is the practice? Well, it's the practice of urban mysticism. What does that look like? Well, it means that within this tapestry or this context of the urban desert, I'm looking to relate to the who, <laughs> you know, and, and who is this who. It's a very specific, it's it, like Trinitarian God, who draws near in person to speak and act and is seeking to live this life with me and to walk with me in this life. And so what is that? Well, well, that person is an urban mystic. So I have in mind pulling a Negan in that sense and, and having the naive expectation and invitation that there's other people out there who are equally desirous of this thing called the presence of God <laughs> and who are basically tired enough of doing church to not want to go back to that. Because I understand that being in the desert is hard and it's easy to go back to what you know. And some people have it's important to go through that cycle if you if you need to. And you might find that your home is is the church as you know it. And that's that's fine. But in this, in this vast play space for people that isn't, you know, I, I feel like, like there's a genuine calling and a genuine challenge from God to go step up to this. And step up to take ownership of something and lay out a vision and invite people towards this practice and it's it's not a new practice it like it goes back forever i mean you can pick up probably brother laurence best communicates it by not communicating it. <laughs> you know, I, I remember reading Brother Lawrence and going, this guy's not saying anything that usually meets my intellectual needs, but I'm crying all the way through it, right? It's just yeah. <laughs> it's one of those vulnerable masculine moments, right? Mm, mm. A- and, and I feel like it's that kind of thing. I would rather journey with a smaller group of people over this next year or two chewing away through this digging into these questions of faith versus experience of faith versus relationship, looking at, at rebooting how we communicate, how we share our lives, and looking at whittling away at a practice together, that's really, for me, the next step. Because that next step is looking at, at, at seeding what is foundationally necessary for something different to emerge and giving it enough time for that to grow so that you don't quickly go, oh, look, there's a wonderful shoot. It's time to take the cornerstone of the church and just put it there and <laughs> kill that shoot, right, because, you know, it's a solid foundation of the church, buddy. It's not this life-giving little shoot that's important. So, so I feel like in some ways it's a, you know, it's a bit of a ramble, but I'm I'm hoping that there's something that's that, that communicates there in terms of desire and vision and calling and, and invitation,
1: yeah, so I mean, I, I really follow you with that. So let me perhaps just reflect a little bit of that back at you, and uh, we can see if we're, we're on the same page, which I think we, we think we are. I mean, one of our first real points of connection, for me at least, as I remember, was around this idea of the like treasuring intimacy with God, and the idea that God is real. In fact, I mean, I can remember a shared moment. At least I remember it shared. I don't know if it was at that point where we were. We it was a group of four or five or six of us and we were at some sort of conferency training thing together. And you'd been asked to lead kind of a morning prayer time.
0: I remember that,
1: yeah. Yeah. And you took it super seriously, and so did I. But I realized <laughs> sort of 20 minutes through the 30 minute allotted time slot that come hell or high water, like like if if God was busy raising the dead at 30 minutes we were stopping and we were moving on to the next time like slot in the in the day kind of thing. And I just I've never forgotten that going, I think this guy and I really connect on this stuff. And I say that because I'm with you, I I can't imagine that we're the only two people. And from conversations I've had with people, I know we're not the only two people that really value this. And so some of what I hear you saying is very tentatively, almost it's time to start moving in that direction, to start to look at what would it be for people who value this to come together in some way and and to allow to emerge. And this is also quite amorphous, I realize, but that's part of the the discovery process, is it start to uncover, start to discover, start to, to realize together what does it look like for a community to gather around a value of the intimacy of God, of things like loving God, self and others. And I'm also, I mean, even you can hear in my speech, I'm slow to this. And I think you're slow to this on purpose, because of everything we've covered so far in the conversation is it's to rush it is uh, it's, it's like watching wildlife. You don't suddenly jump up on the back of an open game viewing vehicle. I mean, you know, we see this a lot in in South Africa, because we have a lot of wonderful wildlife, you don't suddenly go, wow, <laughs> a lion, because it, it'll like bugger off, you know, and more skittish things will do the same. And, and I have the sense of this, of there's definitely something there, and it's time to strike out purposefully, but not so quickly and not so certain and not, and not in such, I don't want to say not in such a determined fashion, because I am quite determined about this but perhaps not in such a self-confident fashion that I know I can fulfill, or I can fill in every facet of what this would be. And so also part of what I hear you saying is that what emerges from a larger group conversation, which is you and I talking here and then guests are gonna be introduced in season four and other people who start to, to come alongside us potentially is a greater conversation, fills in some of those facets and nuances around what does it mean? to live out values of intimacy with God, loving God, self, and others, Um, and to specifically hold at arm's length uh, almost practice of church and practice of church institution, community, et cetera, just to hold that back and go, not yet, maybe not at all, but definitely not yet. As you said, you know, that, that idea of this massive stone coming down to just demolish a tiny little sprout coming through the surface really rings true for me. No, don't do that. And the very reading for me of the Gospels in the New Testament should be testament to the idea that if you're going to come down with a sledgehammer, you're going to kill that thing that seems to be emerging outside of the current religious institution of its day. That is, you know, that, that seems to be what's happening a lot there between Jesus, disciples, etc., etc., and I'm, I'm less versed in terms of other religions to, to think through that, uh, in terms of that emerging. But um, that, that's some of the resonance I get you. And so perhaps the last point I would say is, I mean, we're talking some kind of community at some point, essentially. That's what we're starting to float out, isn't it? Yes, very much so. so. At some point, this is going to take shape of people. I see, even here, I'm nervous to start to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, as I start to think forward, as I start to imagine, it's people who are serious within themselves around this, who are not really in it so much for the crowd factor, who are not really in it for um, just kind of going along for the ride, although I'm not averse to people kind of coming in and out and checking things out. But there's a seriousness there in the individual. And then the community gathers as well around these values, etc. Um, and, and that I'm also excited at exploring through this season and into the future together and with listeners and, and interested parties. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm at the end of my terminological leather. I mean, tether here. I'm, going, I'm, I'm looking for words and, and, and they're escaping because I'm specifically trying to shed so many at the moment and, and, and find something new. And I guess that's also part of the awkwardness of these moments and just going... I was thinking earlier when you were talking, one of the most awkward moments for me in therapy when I work with someone is when you've asked something that you think is really important or you've reflected something and there's the silence (laughs) and you desperately want to fill the silence and say, well, are you thinking this or don't you think it might be that? But if you just shut the hell up for long enough, it will emerge into the conversation. That person will come back with something. You just have to trust the silence. And I think that's part of the awkwardness of this is as I lose terminology and as we wait and as we wade into this and we ask questions and we discuss, there might be patches of silence in which we just have to go, just wait. Just wait and see what's coming through, what's emerging. We have to trust that as part of it as well. So... It's a bit of a ramble in reflection of yours. I don't know if, you, if that's sort of strike in the right chord. I totally resonate with that.
0: I, I'm hesitant to load too much into like a single episode like this, but I, I feel like two more episodes around this, Be, because I, I I do have ideas for next steps, and they've actually been tried and tested for years already. So so it's not it it's not like um. I, I don't feel like I'm saying let's just tear something down and show that God's not there and ha ha move on. I'm feeling like let's uncover something, and there is something that I there, there are like 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 processes and series. There's individual journeys and practices that we've got, and there's there's a way that we can start doing this together as part of building relationship. As an as an aside, as an add-on to what we're doing as a as a podcast, yeah. So I'm very much envisaging you know, as going on to talk about the, the podcast and the, and, and the Patreon, and then also to go about talking about like like the next steps in terms of what are we putting on the table that people can start picking up for themselves around this, And what are we putting on the table that we're going to help people connect with each other around this, And all of this, of course, pre like the long-term thing of going, we're thinking around perhaps, you know, perhaps more intentional community journey and doing stuff together. And, and somewhere in the mix of that, a selection of guests <laughs> that we can actually have conversations with around this, this faith versus experience, faith versus relationship tension. You know, that's going to form part of, of season three where where we're going to be able to put some stuff on the table mm-hmm. and get some push and some pushback around this. Because I feel like this is this is a conversation worth having. It's a conversation worth having with other people who've been processing this conversation for a long time Mm. and i think it's you know here i don't want to mention some of those guests that we have in mind you know i I think we've spoken to one already out of the guests that we've we've started meeting with and and some of the others are going to filter through into season four and just i guess lend scope to that but i feel like there's a few of those guests that are very that the conversation is particularly relevant to what we are got wanting to be talking about with season three yeah
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a great teaser, and perhaps it's a good space for us to kind of land this around just going, I have this great excitement around a number of possibilities that come through. Um, And questions of, you know, what does it actually look like? What What do we mean when we use the language of inviting God to draw near, inviting God to draw near and speak or act? What does that look like individually and, and some of the practices that you're talking about? What does it look like to, to practice this together but that it doesn't look like just kind of Sunday morning church stuff? What is some of the practicalities of that? I think that's a great place for us uh, to look at sort of tying this together. Lots of exciting conversations to come and I think maybe the last thing I'd say is uh, I definitely, and I'm sure Tim as well, we, we desperately want you to be a part of this. If you have an excitement as well as the listener, and you think, "Man, I, I want to be in on that," then we would love to hear from you. We would love to jump on a call and talk about your experiences. So, I mean, just be in touch. We we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about some of your experiences. Have one-on-one uh, connect ups. Hear some of your feedback on on what you've been hearing, what you've been thinking. Um, what is your priority around the value of God, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So. I just want to echo that it's, it's, it's very seriously from my side as well, this idea of this emergent community starting to create those, those synaptic connections and starting to share experience and feelings, not just information um, around, around this whole process. So I'm super excited and thank you so much for uh, joining us again in another fresh season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the other thing is, 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 Steve, you and I, we've spoken a little bit about this already, but this is, this is a live emerging conversation. We're actually having the conversation live and, and airing it. And, and I, I guess I just want to echo that, 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 you know, what you've just shared there in the sense of, of, of having a mutual conversation of, of genuinely sharing ideas, genuinely processing stuff and genuinely coming together in that sense. And so yeah, it, it really is an, an open invitation. The, 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 new, the website will launch a fresh as part of this. And there's a there's actually a form on it that you can fill in that will ping an email through to through to me. And as part of that, let us, you know, let us know who you want to connect with. And you know, both Steve and I are available and making our time available to be having conversations with people. Yeah, and we really just we just really want to dig into. It. And I want the freedom to to simply be myself without having to mind what I say theologically cross my you know cross my T's dot my I's that Elie said it the other way around, you know m- mindful to be able to to actually be able to speak as a human being, as opposed to as opposed to the way people in religious leadership positions are often expected to speak or behave, you know like like I'm wanting to take that all off the table and go. The reality of who I am is who I want to be as, as I know myself. I want to engage as I am. I want to grow in and through that. And, and I want people to have the freedom to be who they are without having to pretend or to dress up in their church clothes and language to have conversation. I, I want to be able to say people to say it as it is and, and go into the territory and the kinds of conversations that you can't really have in church. The kinds of conversations and territory that we go into the minute you leave the boundaries, those boundaries, and you're out in this urban desert, and you're being exposed to the multitudes of faith and positions and experiences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 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 excited.
1: Cool. Well, you know, thank you for joining us then for uh, for this uh, kind of initial episode. I'd encourage you to, to keep listening, keep journeying with us in the conversation. Um, There's a lot more to come after this, and we're excited to share it with you. So thanks so much for listening.
0: Awesome.